You're listening to episode 228 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at season two of the Showcase Netflix series Travelers. And as I was saying to you off-air, it looks like Showcase finally is acknowledging that, hey, we don't want to screw our fans when U.S. Netflix releases the whole series at one time. By screwing their fans, they meant we want people to watch our shows with the commercials stuck in between. Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, I I just never figured out why they did it the way they did it last time. And, and, you know, that the Canadians still had an episode or two to go when the U.S. Mm -hmm. audience got the entire series. So we know uh, last week they released episodes nine and ten together. And we're recording on Monday, the 18th, and they're uh, airing episodes 11 and 12 tonight, and then that's it for the series. So we're just going to talk about episode 9 tonight, and then what uh, Wayne and I talked about off-air was we'll cover 10, 11, and 12 next week once we get to uh, complete our run of Travelers, which has been a lot of fun. Don't get us wrong, yeah. but there's this pesky little show out there <laughs> called The Librarians that we're kind of itching to get Scrappy to. Scrappy little show. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, all right. My pick of the week this week is a book that I was uh, given at uh, the little ceremony when I left school last year, <laughs> and it's called Luke Skywalker Can't Read and Other Geeky Truths. And it's by a guy named Ryan Britt, B-R-I-T-T. And it's a collection of essays. And I certainly haven't read them all. But uh, one, The Birds, The Bees, and Barbarella. And and this guy's (laughs) talking about his childhood and how, uh, you know, his father and mother were both science fiction nuts. And that, you know, this is, of course, was in the days of going to Blockbuster or... Uh, Errol's or one of these video rental places and his father would one night his father came back with Barbarella and you know his you know his mother gives his father the look uh okay but it's a classic hun and and you know so talk about that uh but then the Skywalker can't read it yeah, it, it it talks about the fact that in the Star Wars universe, there don't seem to be books anywhere. <laughs> so, you right. know, and it goes on and just kind of uh, uh, philosophizes about the reading in the Star Wars universe and, and the dearth of books or perhaps the total absence. But anyway, it, it's been a, a cool read so far. Check it out. Luke Skywalker can't read, which is the perfect lead in. For my pick, pick of the, of the week. week. Yep. So my pick of the week is Nightfall. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so my pick of the week, obviously, is uh, the uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, a movie that has been, you know, not necessarily 100% warmly welcomed. I think a lot of people have liked it. Uh, I think by a vast majority of the people I've talked to who have seen it, loved it. But there is some violent kickback to it. I mean, there are some people who really did not like it, which I'm not sure I I get that. But I'm also, I'm like the Star Wars guy who likes everything Star Wars, really. Like, it's tough for, you know, for uh, the Star Wars universe to go wrong for me. Um, so to say that I don't understand the people who didn't like it 
is not necessarily saying there's anything wrong with them. Yeah, I understand that. But um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was maybe not. It definitely was not as tightly controlled and not as focused as um, the Force Awakens, uh, especially okay. at the end where you know there's like this big climactic scene that you think, all right, this is this is it. And then that scene ends, and there's another big climactic scene right after that, and then that one ends, and there's an you know like it just keeps going past. There was, um, so there's multiple climaxes, I guess, was the problem, which usually isn't one for most people, I guess. I'm just letting that go. <laughs> Keep going. So, um, you know, I, it, but it's still like the characters are awesome. Uh, you know, the, the the and they brought in. Uh, Laura Dern, who I absolutely love, so you put her in anything, and, and that's going to be a big thumbs up in my book. Uh, Benicio del Toro, who also is an actor I very much admire, was in, had a really awesome part. He was great. So I, you know, for for me, like most things, Star Wars, the the negatives I can kind of explain away slash gloss over. And not really care because the positives are so amazing, you know. Um, and like when the when when this like the first probably like twenty minutes of it were like blowing me away. And I'm like, oh my god, this might be the best one ever, you know. You know, there's a big kind of the middle. It gets a bit slow in the middle, which is you know, you 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 wonder about the two and a half hour runtime. When there's parts that you're kind of stepping back and saying, mm, this is dragging a little bit here, you know. Overall, is it a unqualified, 100% love it, great Star Wars movie ever? No. Is it very good? Yes. Is it better than most other movies that I've seen recent years? Absolutely, yes. Um, so a lot of crazy stuff happens, which is also cool. Uh, we'll definitely set up uh, for an interesting um, episode nine. So. Uh, All right. Well, you know, for me, I always come back to one fundamental question. Were you entertained? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no question. No question about it. Right. And, and that's and, and that's, I guess, the, the, the way I've come to look at the Star Wars franchise is that they're not the deepest films you're going to see in the sci fi uh, arena. And, and that's fine. They're not trying to be right. So I, I think sometimes people are trying to see something that not only it's not there, it wasn't intended to be there. Yeah. But I mean, so like, it's easy to say, I love the last Star Wars movie, but you're a unique individual. You say, oh, it sucked. Right. And everyone would like well, that's say, true. wait, wait, what? So, I mean, like, I don't know how I ran across this, some girl when Rogue One came out and she was just trashing Rogue One saying how flat the characters were and everything. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying and that's probably true, but I really liked Rogue One. Like, I really enjoyed that movie a lot. I still enjoy watching it. And I came watching it and every now and then I think about that girl and say, you know what? Now these characters are a little flat, but you know what? They're awesome. So, yeah. Well, and, and there's a little discussion going on in the Facebook group. So if you want to check it out, if you've seen the film, you, you know, check it out. You know, let us know what you thought about the uh, film. So, all right. Well, before we get too far into a Star Wars discussion, you did a great job, by the way, keeping it relatively spoiler free for those that haven't seen it yet. And thank you. There's still a lot of people out there. 
we'd like to remind you, like to hear from you guys, emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website, leave a voicemail, record your own audio clip if you want. Just send us the MP3, tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch, and we encourage you to join the Facebook group and join the discussions there. So we heard from Fred again this week from the Netherlands, and this is for the episode nine podcast, which is, of course, what we're recording tonight. And Fred says, first of all, I want to say I liked Dave's pick of the week last week. The Crown is a series I enjoy a lot. It's one of the series I watch with my wife. And we're now halfway through the new and second season. We just watch one or two episodes a week, although Netflix did put the whole second season on their site. I'm not much of a binge watcher. This is also the reason why I'm not able to give you some feedback for your Librarians podcast, because I have to start with that series, but it is on my list. So I'll enjoy your podcast on that in the future. Is it advisable, necessary to watch the Librarians films of 2004, 2006, and 2008 first? I I would say certainly not required to see the films. But advisable. They're fun. Well, but like, okay, well, you you know what? You haven't. Well, you know what? You haven't seen, you haven't seen the the two newest episodes though, and uh, episode one, you you need to have seen uh, the first movie to get episode one. So okay. so that is no. But, but, so I before before these two most recent episodes dropped, I would say it's true, but that is absolutely no longer true. Now the the first okay. uh, movie is required viewing before you can view uh, season three. Okay. And then what I would also say, Fred, is just if you want to leave some comments about the season one of The Librarians, hey, that's great. Yeah. We, we'll, you know, it's all, it's all good. Yep. All right, so he goes on to say, I agree with you that Claire Foy does a marvelous job in The Crown. I'm quite a royalty fan and do know quite something about the history of several European royal houses. And as a geneticist, I just love pedigrees. Actually, I'm giving a series of lectures at the moment for third-year medical students about the value of pedigrees in medicine in general and in clinical genetics specifically. I even put a the crown poster in the PowerPoint presentation in my lectures. Nice. In this way, the students can at least accuse me of the reason why they had no time to study. <laughs> right. All right. Exactly. So now, ep- episode nine of Travelers. Before that, I want to ask you something else. It could be something you already addressed during your season one podcasts, but I didn't listen to those. Perhaps I will when I rewatch the series. What happens to the original bodies of the travelers in the future when they travel to the 21st? Do they die? Do they go into some kind of coma or stasis? You know, I think we did talk about it, and I don't think we have uh, an answer. No, I'm pretty sure, the yeah, they haven't given us any kind of answer because that's like every week that's one i mean not necessarily what's happening to the bodies but I, you know as you know i like i really am wondering what the the future looks like you know and i keep thinking that we're going to get some glimpse but we continually do not get glimpses of it which actually it's kind of cool that they're doing like that because they're just revealing all the information about the future through what we learn and, and then it changes all the time because the future is constantly changing so, but I'm, yeah, I am about 98.5% right. sure that they've never addressed that at all. Right. Because you wonder, do their consciousnesses exist in two different times? Or, you know, I guess the way I'm 
kind of thinking the, is that maybe they die in the future, you know, the physical body, which is what I think Fred's asking here. Right. Uh, you know, once, you know, or again, is it just, you know, we've always looked at this as a one way trip that their consciousness is never going to return to their own timeline. And you know, I, I guess presumably re inhabit that body. So, yeah. But to answer the question, yeah, I don't think they've addressed it yet. Right. But, you know, there, right. there's just the thing with – so, I mean, like what you just said like, kind of sparked some thinking in my brain here because, you know, how Grace basically got that earlier version of Marcy that is Marcy now, what we call it 3.0, right? Um, yeah. So it, it seems like that version of Marcy was stored in a cloud somewhere that she was able to access it and download it you know and, and re- basically reboot uh marcy so does that mean that their this consciousness sends back but it's stored so they could put a version of it into back into their bodies in the future you, you know yeah. oh yeah absolutely so, I, I mean you would think that would be something they might let us in on. I, I mean, I get, like you, it'd be cool to see their time, but it's also cool that we just can speculate and that that's all we have. But I, I don't think it would be that big a deal to tell us, you know, what actually happens back there in their timeline. So, right. But I also think they're kind of playing it close to the vest a little bit and just being like, you know, we can leave the future open. Like, we don't have to start identifying defining what the future is like uh we can just leave it up to speculation and you know for now sure sure and right and again i don't know what the producers and the creators have been told about how many seasons they're going to get you know what you know is this something that yeah we'd like to address this in season four or you know whatever i can't think like that though man I was going to say, as Continuum found out, you just never know. So, all right. Last week, one of my nitpicks was that the time used for the scenes of Grant and Catherine picking names could have been used for more interesting stuff. You had an insight that this was perhaps done to show that Grant's getting more and more grounded in his 21st century life. In regard to what we saw happening in this episode, I think you were right about that. What I don't understand is why the director ordered Hall to save Catherine because originally she would have died in the airplane crash. This would have been a quote on quote, nice way to correct Grant's violation of protocol by saving her life because of the killing of those faction members at the quantum frame. You were suggesting last week that there should be a third party in play. If you see what Hall does in this episode, I have my doubts about a third party. I think it just could be another traveler's team which acts on behalf of the director himself. Because you had a question about the quantum frame, I rewatched season one, episode 10, and Ellis built the quantum frame in that barn ordered by the director because the director wanted to have a fail safe and could transport himself to the 21st if things would go wrong with the faction in the future. So this made me think that the faction took over the quantum frame as transportation means for transporting lots of their members to the 21st, or were those travelers transported to the rave party, not faction, right? So, I mean, we know that, that the faction used the quantum Mm -hmm. frame to transport, you know, right at the very end, they dumped as many as they could. And 
I I got the impression that the incoming at the rave were faction as well. I definitely got that impression. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and after what was it this week? No, it's next week. Okay. So I was going to say something about what might have happened to the people at the the rave members when they're all dead, but that's not this episode. So I'll, I'll let it go. Right. Wayne has seen 10. I have yeah. not. All right. All right. So uh, Fred goes on to say best moments from this episode. David realizing that he sounds greedy. Oh, my God. Did you hear the greed in my voice? Because I sure did. I mean, I may as well have just come out and said that money's mine. This is how money ruins people. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> a little later, he fully compensates that by giving the money away. And then secondly, David DeMarcy, Jordan got my bike for his pizza delivery job. I thought I'd buy myself a new one. I should have <laughs> saved more. And then his nitpick, it's a little too convenient that Phillips <laughs> simply gets a timeline update in that movie theater. The four seasons of Vivaldi as background music was nice, however, and also quite fitting as theme to the situation of Philip and his team. I give this episode an eight out of 10. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, I, I, I certainly, the stuff you said about David and Marcy, I agree with you. We're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. I think it was really one of the, maybe not the most important thing that came out of this episode, but it, but it certainly furthers a theme that's really run through season two Mm -hmm. and as for philip well i I wouldn't say it's convenient it sounds like that's just the way the travelers uh, project is operating that that for instance the girl that asks him is this your first time well it's her second update Mm -hmm. and she points to a guy in front of them this is his third so the whole update process is probably or certainly seems like it's part of the uh the travelers right and with all these travelers you know bumping around they you, you you have to imagine the future is getting changed like all the time right right so yeah you know, I, I think i was just saying i mean i think phillips could require also you know multiple updates Right, as all the historians are. And, and we talked about this last week that uh, it seems kind of odd that the director didn't allow for this. Well, of course, the director did. We just hadn't gotten to that episode right, yet. Right. So, all right. So, this is episode 209 entitled Update, written by Pat Smith, who wrote uh, 104 Hall, co wrote 107 Protocol 5, 108 Donner, 203 Jacob, and. 204 1127 oh, and 206U235, directed by Amanda Tapping. And this is her third straight from this season, fourth yeah, of the she's doing second season and fifth. Yeah, fifth overall. This one aired December 11th, 2017. All right, so just a couple of points before we you know get into uh, the characters. And, and, and that's one of the things about this season. I mean, it really has been about the characters rather than the missions and 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 it's been about them adapting to the 21st century and their lives but interesting that we get hall and luca back but it's sort of a different circumstance but luca still thinks marcy might be his sister and i'd forgotten about that i mm-hmm. mean he certainly brings it up totally forgot about that you know that that whole right that story about the night terrors her brother suffered you know, she thinks Luca could possibly be her brother based on an emergency evacuation in her shelter block. 
you know, where she got separated from her brother. But but now the problem is she doesn't even remember Luca right. from from the last time. Yes. Of course, she's been filled in. But this is a, an interesting little subplot. I don't know how much they're going to explore it, but I I like it. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there's we're seeing this kind of crazy relationship with Luca and Hall um, that, you know, clearly, obviously there's some bad blood from previously. You think there's really bad blood now, but when you get down to it, like what's Hall going to do? Like he, the director ordered him for a very specific reason to, you know, to cause the baby to, to die in order that cat might live. You know, obviously, McLaren isn't. Ha- there's no way he's going to be okay with that, really, ever. But when he steps back and thinks about it, you know, as as the doctor said, we could be having a much worse conversation right now. Well, right, but does he, or rather, is he warranted in you know basically shooting the messenger? If this was the director's order, right. which. I, be- I believe Hall when he says that. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And and the, the, uh, and no, he's not warranted in, in shooting the messenger because Hall was doing not only like I, I don't go with the, uh, he was just doing what he was ordered to do because well, Grant, if you're a soldier, you that you do that, but also you have to make moral judgment as well. Um, and being a soldier does not preclude making moral judgments. Um, but he was also doing which probably is the overall big picture right thing if the baby continues it'll kill it'll be stillborn so it won't survive anyway and it'll kill cat right and you know we see not necessarily another side of hall but you know i really find it interesting this admonition and he says i tried to tell you this the first time for you to not get caught up in the bullshit of the 21st. And I'm thinking you, you mean things like human emotion right. and, 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 and I get that. And we don't really see what his personal story is. You know, is he like, well, not even like Trevor, like Philip rather unencumbered by any family right. or any other uh, expectations because yeah, it's, it's easy when, you know, you've got that situation. Now, obviously, Philip has it easier than the other four in that regard mm-hmm. because he doesn't have to answer to anybody. But the, the question about whether they should be trying to fix things, even if they need fixing, kind of comes up, especially with, with the incident with the football coach. But again, what's I think the brilliance of this episode, when you see the impact David makes – on a one-on-one basis, you know, with his clients and giving the money away versus the global changes that the travelers are trying to make it, it kind of forces you to consider which is really the better approach for improving the future. Absolutely. That's, that's a good, good point there, Dave. I like it. And I don't have an answer, (laughs) but I, I, I I think that was just, it was just, but but you're right. There's definitely something to be said for, you know, acting on a local basis and, and taking care of your backyard and, and taking care of the people around you in your community starting there. Um, you know, like, whereas, 
you know, when you try to change things on the on a major scale, well, that also, as we've seen, can lead to consequences on a major scale as well. Yeah, and I think that's what we're seeing in season two, and, and, and you know, tonight's episode is just a, a furtherance of all of that. And, and speaking of furtherance, are, are we going to see a shift in Grace now that she's read her employee's manual? <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, like they, they, you know, obviously, blatantly had to get Jennifer Spence in at, at least one scene in, in this episode, just to remind you that she's out there and okay. Because I guess probably at the end of um, Traveler 0027, we were maybe not quite sure exactly what her um, status was. But she's back at school. She's read the employee manual. She's uh, following, you know, the, following the book, the traveler book, and everything. So, uh, yeah, looks like she's doing okay. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the relationships, and again, I think it's reasonable to continue to approach it like this. You know, certainly Grant and Cat's pregnancy. We, we've uh, talked a little bit about that. Certainly, uh, somewhat through Fred's feedback. But she did get that design job that she wanted. I guess she's some sort of an interior designer, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what she is. Yeah, that's what I think so, yeah. And I, I love the fact that she was worried that she's not going to have time with the baby. And Grant prompts her to take the job. Now, I, I guess on the one hand, it's almost as if he's saying, don't worry, I'll be here to pick up the slack. But maybe he shouldn't have said that because right, again, right. between the FBI and the traveler program, dude, you might not be there yeah, to yeah. pick up the slack, but yeah. still, well, he's like, he says, Hey, you know, Carly seems to be swinging it. So, you know, well, that's, I was thinking that maybe uh grant could uh, get hooked up with the same babysitter, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right well we'll get to them in a second but but uh i i think the point is though that he wants to make her happy and, and he knows that it will not only make her happy but will fulfill her in her you know creative outlet in her work life so you know, I, I, he's certainly doing a good thing but we end up having the placental disruption despite what marcy had done and I mean, of course, McLaren's upset, and I thought you took care of this. And Marcy, look, I just did the best I could to slow it down. It wasn't a, it wasn't a guarantee. And again, she's she's very calm, which I, I guess goes along with her, you know, being the medic in the team. But this is where she needs to be. You know, if it comes to a cesarean section, it's routine in this century. You're just really trying to to calm him down a bit. And uh, of course, when we see Mac walk out of Kat's room, did you know that was Hall right away? I was, I'm not sure I was sure. Um, no, I didn't. Um, and, because it's been a while. It was last season. It was one episode that, that he was in. And, but like, you know, once you know, the guys caught up pretty quickly, like I remember them, like after they were like, what are you doing out? I'm like, oh yeah. Like, I still don't remember like the whole story and everything. I probably should have gone back and just at least read over my notes for for Hall. Um, but I, I remember there was some bad blood there, and and uh, and actually he was in the previously on Travelers bit too. So right, but he goes in there and we see him injecting something into her IV, 
and okay, this can't be good because, as you said, uh, of the bad blood. Oh, did I know that he was the doctor or the, the nurse, well, whatever? No, right, I didn't know it was right. him. And, right, and then we see the recorded time of death, three oh six, and I I don't know about you, but you know when we get to that scene finally when the doctor uh, calls McLaren you know, down the hall to talk to him, I was fully prepared to hear that Catherine died. Yeah, yeah. That, well, because you know, I mean, we see the time of death, and we know okay, well, someone's definitely going to die whenever they show. Whenever they show that someone dies, unless a traveler intervenes, and right. uh, the, clearly Grant was not around to intervene, um, yeah. So the first time, for sure, thought that that uh, he had um, that cat was, was going to die, not realizing that the time of death was for the uh, the baby. Right, and I think it's really Marcy that keeps mclaren from you know really going head to head with hall because she agrees that the child was never going to survive his mission was to save Catherine. so the question then becomes why does the director want Catherine to live i mean is it purely because that's what was supposed to happen or is it maybe because he feels that her living will allow McLaren to continue doing the job that he's been doing, which I, I assume the director is, is pleased with, you know, Mac's team. Right. Um, yeah, that's uh, obviously at the end, um, you know, when we we realize all the, the, the fuss and the trouble that they're putting into keeping Catherine alive, it's like, I mean, for sure, there there is a specific reason why uh, the director <clears throat> wants uh, Catherine to survive. And I don't necessarily buy the just because that's the way the timeline went. Because, I mean, for one thing, I mean, Fred raises a good point. Like, you know, she was, well, she wasn't. She wasn't supposed to be on that plane, let alone. Die. Yeah. So yeah, she wasn't supposed to. She's not supposed to be dead, right? She's supposed right. to be alive. And so that being said, the, it seems like the director's really kind of going out of its way for her. Um, right. So it seems like there is a special purpose for her out there somewhere right a grand plan if you will a grand so. plan exactly yeah all right well what do you think about carly and jeff this week well so i wouldn't go so far as to say that jeff um be endearing himself to me but we could see him really making the effort you know you can see him trying to find a way to get close with carly uh, because their situation is kind of weird right like they're, like they're not married, but they have a kid together. They're not living together, are they? But he's there quite a bit, um, or maybe they are living together. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure what the situation is there. But um, so, you know. Anyway, he you know, he's really making the effort to you know kind of be kind, and and you see the the dancing there here and everything. You know, it's not it's not creepy. It's not like him. You know, it's not a sexual thing. It's just like a hey, remember when we had fun? Yeah, remember when we just like did things that were that uh, you know humans do, like dancing, just to express joy and happiness. That you know, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw her smiling at him when he was dancing. Yeah, exactly. And, and just the fact that they're doing things together, the working out together. You know, he he makes her breakfast, and I fully expected her to say, "I don't have time." 
but even though we don't see her sit down, I think we're we get the impression that she was going to sit down and, and at least eat a bagel or whatever it was that he, he had for her. So right. as you said, he, he's making the effort. But I think more importantly is that she's warming to the idea that he's making the effort. Now, right. So, what, so let me just you say this of, thing. When he says, I made breakfast, and what he did <laughs> was he put bagels on the plate and put fruit on the plate, I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I, I get the effort, buddy. Don't get me wrong. But you didn't make breakfast, dude. You put bagels on the plate. All right, I'm well, done. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, the, the one thing, though, I did notice, uh, you know, they start dancing, and it takes her a little while to kind of get into a rhythm. And I started thinking, like, all right, well, they probably don't have time to dance in this dystopic fig future that they come from. But uh, she started getting her groove on a little bit. And a little bit. Wondering, Jeff is okay, definitely a better dancer. Absolutely. Might something happen? And then the baby starts crying. Mm-hmm. And, and I definitely noticed on the rewatch, I won't say that I thought he looked pissed, maybe disappointed. I, I'm yeah. going to go with disappointed. I, I think know, that's a rather good word than, for you. But again, and we've said this almost on a weekly basis, we can't forget his past. And certainly people can change, and he seems to be you know, moving in the correct direction. But I, I think this scene was important because, you know, will a disappointment cause him to revert at some point? Maybe, maybe not. Now, she comes home late to find the two Jeffs together, asks him, tell me about the day he was born. He's like, you sure? It's not your favorite story. Right. And she says she wants to hear it from his perspective. Now, now we know she doesn't know the story. Right, exactly. So it could be but, a sneaky way of just getting the story, period. But uh, but also, it, it definitely shows a thawing of the ice. No question about it. Right. But what were these circumstances? Why is it not her favorite story? I mean, it's, it's just simply well, we something. Speculate, is, you know. Yeah, I mean, is it, but is it as innocuous as just that they had a fight the day before? Yeah, whatever, but not yeah. that that's innocuous, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, David and Marcy, again, doing something together, taking that Tai Chi class. I guess that's Tai Chi. I don't know. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only exercise I know that looks right. like that. But <laughs> yeah. she seems to enjoy it and suggests doing it again, which, of course, makes him happy but that whole idea that she's trying you know she is an intelligent young woman despite the fact that she has no memory of the past few months she understands that david feels a certain way about her and that she at one time felt that way about him so it's like she's open to trying yeah i think she really wants to find that i mean she's like like you know she is very aware there's this part of her that's missing and she's identified what's missing as David. Like she feels that that's a big, he's a big part of what she, that, that uh, humanized her, I guess. Um, And so she really, really, really wants to find that thing to get, to try and recover that, that part, that, that Marcy that uh, was lost with the update. Yeah. Or whatever you call it. Well, yeah, no, I would, I would say override. I mean, I think, and I think they use the word reboot, but it doesn't matter. We all know what yeah, uh, right. what we're talking about here. But she goes in to buy her lotto ticket because uh, Philip gave her the numbers. And we'll get to Philip in a second. 
And then it turns out that David uses her numbers. And I'm thinking, why would he do that? That's kind of creepy. That's, I mean, why? Why would you do that? Like, you, you, I mean, not that there's a big chance, but like whatever chance you have to win is lessened if you use the exact same numbers as someone else. I got news for you. Uh, I suspect you'd be the same. If my wife and I went in each to buy a lottery ticket, there's no darn way we would use the same numbers for the exact reason you just said. Yeah, you the this if you use different numbers, you by extremely extremely slim margin increase your chances of winning, right? So it just doesn't yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. All right, and, and I think this is one of the best scenes in the episode that and Fred mentioned it in his email that as he's watching the numbers and realizes he won and he goes to leave that phone message. And, and again, Patrick Gilmore as David ha- has just really been excellent. And, and you know, when, when you're doing a scene like that where you're talking into a phone when there's nobody on the other end, I, yeah. I, I just thought it was brilliant. And that, that line, this is how money ruins people. I think I'm going to be sick. And as it turns out, he gives his money away to you know his homeless clients, needy clients. And then Marcy comes home to find out that he's given all his money away. Now, she knows that Philip told her she was supposed to win 62,000 and she only won 31. So, I I guess she assumed somebody else had her numbers. Of course, it's not until David tells her it was him. Yeah. I, I still can't decide whether I think she's mad at him or not, or whether she's initially a little mad and then when she hears what he did with that money, how could she be mad? Right. And it's like that damn bullshit of the 21st is getting to her, which sure. then well, we thought that Grace cut out her empathy. Well, maybe empathy is something that you develop and that, fine, whatever. But I really thought that's what was so important about that scene is that she seemed to recognize the good that David did and that, okay, fine. It's going to make our job a little more difficult. Phillips, you know, not going to be able to make as much money as fast, but people were helped. Yeah. But, you know, Philip knows the future. He's just been updated. So now he's, he's up to date on what the future is like. So like, I don't feel like super sorry for him. Yeah. I, I think he'll, he'll be okay. He'll be able to manage it. But yeah, I, I don't really see, in fact, I didn't, think at all that she was ever upset with him i guess just because he um opened up with i gave it all away like you know like yes i'm sorry i copied your numbers but then i went and gave all of my money away he kind of gives it to her all at once and uh i think she is yeah definitely amazed she's like i said i mean there's she's she's looking for that thing that that she feels she's missing she thinks it's david and so when he does things like this she she starts to see okay i get why marcy digs this guy yeah. Yeah. And, and and in fact, he says, well, what are you going to do with yours? And, you know, she says, well, I got some debts to pay and I'm going to buy you a bike. <laughs> and just, you know, I, I, again, I, I think it, it's such a, a critical scene because it does show that you know, whatever she thinks is missing, it's there. She's just got to bring it out. And, and I think this shows that, that she can. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at my my notes for Trevor, and you know I have little like headlines for the bullet points. Trevor exposing the football coach. I probably could have worded that a little yeah, maybe that's differently. Not the word, but... 
you know, that, that scene where he's watching football practice with, with his former teammate, Kyle, uh, who also left the team. And, you know, it, it doesn't take us long, uh, unfortunately, in, in this uh, day and age of sexual assault, sexual harassment, the uh, Jerry Sandusky scandal at Penn State right. of a couple years ago. So it, it, it's pretty obvious what's taken place here. But again, Trevor has no memory of that. But right. you know, he, he puts the pieces together you know, fairly quickly. And again, he does what, you know, we were talking about Carly doing, you know, tell me about the time. Well, what did he do to you? Oh, well, the same thing he did to you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay. He still doesn't know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I, I get, I I think it's, it's great that they're tackling like an issue like this, right? I mean, this is a a contemporary issue. They actually, I mean, how long ago they filmed this thing, right? They probably filmed this about a year ago. So, um, you know the, the the this all all of what we're seeing all these scandals today were were not really happening back then so it's a kind of a prescient uh episode here i just think like kind of like just the whole way it was introduced like just you know watch hey how come you don't play anymore you know why you know like just all, all it just opens up just like that it just seemed like where did that come from you know like like the first time I watched it, I assumed that Kyle had been on before and I just missed it. And I'm like, well, no, he, he hasn't. He just, you know, um, they, they just start off like right away, just jumping in. Hey, by the way, you know, you were sexually assaulted, you know? Um, so, oh, actually he's well, been in, he's been in a bunch of these. All right. Forget well, it. He, well, even like Trevor though, my first thought was, was the reason he's not playing is he had a concussion as well. And right. I think Tre- Trevor even says that. But, you know, we see him getting drunk because the two of them have finally decided they're going to confront the coach and, and they're going to go together. He's drunk driving, which he sh- obviously should not be. And, and Trevor, as he's trying to reach him on the phone, and when he does reach him, tells him to pull over and stop. But an incoming traveler takes over Kyle before he gets into a fatal wreck. And Trevor's right. there to meet him. But so is Luca. Cool Camaro, by the way. But Luca apparently knew that this traveler was going to come to take over Kyle. So as it turns out, Kyle is the third member of the team. So uh, I don't know what's happening. Is Hall putting together a new team? Uh, I mean, I would certainly think that's part of the traveler plan, that, that if a team loses a member. Uh, right. Well, Hall, the, the, Hall's that, not putting together. Director's putting it together, right? Well, Hall has, well, yeah, like, but uh, no power Hall, to do that, right? But I mean, Hall is the leader, right? You're you're right, yeah. right? So with Kyle out of the picture, Trevor goes to Philip for information and learns that you know he's arrested for child sexual molestation, sexual assault, and and his line, "I need to fix this." Again, that's what I mentioned in in the opening discussion. Is this something they should be doing? I mean, he and Philip justify doing what they do by the fact that it's going to happen anyway we're just speeding up the timeline but should they be doing that i mean should they be doing that from the standpoint of the traveler yeah yeah uh, and i think that the show is is pretty non-committal on that you know like it's definitely not falling on one side or the other no you shouldn't mess with 
the future more. I mean, you know, probably w- what we see in time time travel, you know, science fiction is that no, you should try to not change things at all, or, or you know, or just change the things you're meant to change, whatever. Um, you definitely should not try to change more things because then that just leads to other. You know, we talked about butterfly effect, right? That just creates right. greater ripples and it causes more of a mess. Uh, but this show doesn't seem to say that because you know, like especially with this, it it I would say they're clearly coming down the side of yeah, you should step in and change things and make things different. Um, but it doesn't really like it doesn't help Kyle though. You know, like. Like the director literally, like vetoed Trevor saving Kyle. You know, Trevor says pull over. Kyle pulls over. The big truck that apparently was going to hit him goes by. So Kyle's life is saved, right? But the director yeah. doesn't care. Still uh, overwrites him with the traveler, and and uh, so. That, it was interesting when I saw that. I, I didn't real. I I didn't think the first time I saw it, I didn't get that. But then the second time, I'm like, oh, Kyle. Kyle's not going to die. He pulls. He listens to Trevor and he pulls over. Trevor's just saved his life. But no. All right, and, and then finally, Philip and the historical updates. We talk about the meeting of the traveler historians in the movie theater, and, and uh, of course, the purpose is to update their historical knowledge based on the changing timeline. The fact that they're told to not reveal what they've learned in these updates, you know, on the one hand, it seems obvious that they shouldn't. On the other hand, it, it really adds a burden. But I guess that's part of the job of being a historian. You, you, you are saddled with this burden. And we saw it in season one with, sure. with Philip. That projecting of all the visual data that the historians obviously can decipher, I think sometimes I totally have no idea what it means to be a historian how somebody has that sort of a mind to do what it is philip does it's almost is the historian created somehow or are these people just that naturally smart or that naturally gifted in terms of their memory i i don't know but um I think the thing you, that- you get you get an idea because they can open like they say to open up like certain things you know like I'm not sure what that is but so it definitely seems like it, it I'm sure they select people who have kind of natural abilities but clearly what the historians are capable of is beyond what is normally capable with the human mind though of course you know the, what, how everyone says we only use like what like 10 percent of our brain or whatever like that um sure. so you know this is just like you know opening up and using what, what was that uh limitless right was that the the movie yeah. with uh ray fines and i guess it was a tv show too um yeah. where you're you know, able to use the full potential of your brain this stuff would probably be commonplace you know yeah. But did you notice that as he's watching all that data on the screen, eventually he's moved to tears? Yes. And and I'm thinking, all right, what does he see that's caused this kind of a reaction? I mean, right. on the one hand, it seems pretty obvious that he knows what's going to happen to Catherine and the baby by his reaction, you know, when Mac alerts the team all at once over comms. But I just wonder, is it some 
monumental worldwide catastrophe or is it something to do with one of the team members but yeah well i mean if nothing else i think we know that he 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 knows about cat before everyone else so you know could could that be it or is there something i yeah i like how they play because obviously that gives the writers the freedom to make whatever is causing them to cry they don't have to determine that right now you know they could do that anytime in the future right but now you know he's got the lotto numbers he gives them to carly and marcy claims a messenger gave him the numbers the lying has begun in earnest right. and, and well the guy said you know, i know i know i did like the fact club. that you know trevor's like well, what about me it's like uh, you're too young to pl- play the lottery yeah <laughs> so, right um and then the scene where Carly gives Philip the envelope with the money, he pulls it out. He goes, uh, it's not all here. Well, yeah. turns out baby needs a pair, new pair of shoes. Isn't just a say. And <laughs> he's like, all right, fine. And, and then that little exchange when he's asking about yeah. Jeff, are you developing a thing for me? <laughs> you see them both looking at each other. It's like, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> it's like, all yeah. right, I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah you they're go. both. It's like, it's awkward. Yeah, so I have no idea what was going on there because one of the things that I think probably should have been addressed at some point is what happened to the relationship between Carly and Mac. I mean, we never really had any kind of a resolution, did we? Or is it just mm-hmm. that she assumed that you know he was going all in with Kat and their relationship was over? I, I don't know. So, well, I think you're attractive. Yeah, I, I, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's I, – I don't know if they had – I can't remember a scene. I know there was – they were in the car together at one point, and I can't remember if they – you know, I think he basically told her. I just remember him being in the car with her, and he, he basically said, you know, cat's my wife, you know, like kind of making yeah. that decision. Um but yeah, I mean, we just the the evolution of his relationship with Cat is just you know clearly is you know he that's that's what he's focusing on. He's you know he's not going to break protocol. Five. He's going to go on protocol five, right? Is that the right, right. one? Protocol five. Yeah, right? yeah. So um, and you know now it seems like she's like you know trying to give protocol five a chance as well. Yeah. So then we see him at that AA meeting. I have a secret. I know the future. And we're like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. And we're thinking like, okay, number one, nobody's going to believe him. They're going to think he's back, you know, on drugs or whatever. Yeah. But obviously it's becoming an even heavier burden than before. And then that final scene with him where he's watching the news and, and it's probably reassuring for him that he can quote word for word that international story. But, all of a sudden, he hears a story about a fire, seems to upset him, and then he seems to hallucinate that the team is there, well, and they, then they, not there. Right. Well, they told him he'd have the projections, right? That's why they gave him the, the yellow right. pills. Well, they say, from time to time, you may perceive what we call projections, visual manifestations of one or more alternate timelines an unavoidable side effect of memory not acquired by conventional means. So what the heck does that mean? I don't so, know. So, 
manifestations of one or more alternate timelines. Yeah. So I, I guess the, the key word is alternate. What do we mean by alternate? Is an alternate timeline a timeline that actually does exist? Or is this an alternate timeline that's just, oh, it's just, you know, it's a possibility that you, a possibility, you know, that, yeah. that if we a possibility so we don't know that i mean obviously it would be much cooler if it's an actual alternate timeline and then the unavoidable side effect of memories not acquired by conventional means well what does that mean memory not conventional means does that mean day-to-day living or does that mean the director feeding you this data i don't know yeah i i don't i don't know either um yeah it, it's definitely philip's life has you know been very complicated uh this season and has now become even more so now he's going to start seeing projections um you know i, I just i realized you mentioned the news story and I, the second time i watched this I, I realized there's a bunch of times i don't know if it's the same news story but i, I think it might be this the story about the fire um, we hear it from multiple times in different places throughout the episode. So uh, that might be something to kind of keep an eye on there. Oh, I um, didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm not positive it's the same story, but there's a bunch of times when the news is on the background and um, and it's, you know, I actually could also be thinking about the next episode too. Now to think about it. So I don't know. We'll see. Let me watch the next episode again before I go back to that. But one thing I did want to say is when he's at the meeting and he says, I have a secret, and he goes and spills his guts, and then he looks at everyone and is like, well, what did I just say? And they're like, you said I have a secret, and then you didn't say anything. So I'm wondering if part of the update is that he is actually physically unable to tell other people what's going on. Um, okay, but then why would they give him the instructions to not tell anybody anything? Yeah, if he's, I, I mean, if he's unable to. Maybe they just have like a backup. You know? Okay. People okay. talk. I, I don't know. I just, the, that's just something I thought, like, again, when I was watching it again last night, I, I was like, you know what? I wonder, because he seemed shocked. Like, I think he thought that he did actually say all that stuff. And then he's like, or or maybe he, he was actually unaware. And so he was... Like, oh, what, what did I just say? That he just kind of, you know, kind of zoned out or freaked out a little bit there. Um, so I'm not sure. It's just something, that, again, like to, there's a lot of stuff to kind of just keep an eye on with uh, Philip um, because, you know, he's obviously, he's the, the guy who's probably changing the most out of everyone. And, yeah, absolutely. and has a big burden to deal with as well. But uh, a great episode. I mean, I'm going straight on A. Um, I knew I should have thought more, but I, I think I'm going to give it a B plus just because, um, like I said, while I, 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 I agree with the, uh, you know, having, uh, contemporary issues in there in, in the TV show, like I'm totally fine with that. I think that's a big part of like what sci-fi, like kind of its duty almost is, is to be able to comment on society like that. But I just think the, the way they, put it out there it just seems so clunky and from left field that uh i'm gonna go with a a, a b plus on it okay that's fair enough and i think pretty reasonable as well so all right well i guess that will do it for episode 209 and as we said next week we're going to cover the end of season two episodes 10 11 and 12 
And obviously after that, we will get to the librarians. But uh, Actually, before you go, I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Because they do a shout-out to St. Francis, and he's my absolute favorite saint. So I just want to you know, say, like, uh, Francis of Assisi, who uh, you know, was a, a, a son of wealth and uh, just gave away all his stuff and went to live a life of simplicity. So, David, it doesn't quite get there. He does give away a lot of money, but he doesn't give away all his stuff. And he's not going to live an austere life after this. He's still got his... Uh, you know his his hipster clothes and everything like that. So, um, but uh, but yet you know David certainly uh, like I said. I mean, he's I I've stopped the criticizing of David because I'm really I'm really starting to like this guy. He's he's a really good guy, and uh, you see here it was a nice thing he did. So plus shout out to Saint Francis. There you go. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear what you think about Travelers and hopefully the librarians as we move forward on that. Anything else going on in genre TV? Encourage you to join the Facebook group. Share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. If you're already a member, spread the word. Emails are sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab that you can get on the website. And we'll be back next week to talk about Season 2, Episodes 10, 11, and 12 of Travelers. But until then... So, Dave, we actually had a big staff meeting the other day trying to come up with a new mission statement for the school. And uh, I thought this was a great idea. It wasn't very popular, but I said, hey, how about this one? I am ready to guide the shit out of these pubescent brats. <laughs>